0: I forgot how to do this. Oh, no, I didn't. There you go. Start stream. That's the button I want. Professionals. (laughs) Welcome to Beer Field, where we stop making show scripts and honestly don't remember what the hell we talked about last week. I am your host, at Beer Field Hop with two Ps, as always, joined by, at Beer Field Theory,
1: two E's. <laughs> two Ps. I feel like we're the only show that can get away with never writing a show script because it fits in with what we put it does, out Into the universe. It does, but then there's problems
0: like, did we talk about this last week? Okay, maybe, well, I mean, maybe not. We'll talk about it again. Who knows?
1: We're like we're like the we're like the stupid drunk friend that forgets what they told you until the next day where they tell you for the third time. Mm-hmm. Like my wife. Ah. Love her. Drunk friend.
0: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hear a lot of the same stories. It's good times. Yeah. I uh I like to tell stories that I forget telling that I told when I was drunk. So if I told you this already, I apologize. I won uh, $350 betting ponies yesterday during horse hooky.
1: You forgot that you won $350. I didn't forget.
0: I just didn't know if I told you or not.
1: Oh, no, you didn't. But, you know, had had you, I would have been acceptably happy for you twice. Total. that's, That's fun. Total accident. (laughs) <laughs> That's like me when I bet on soccer once and I made a grand.
0: So I went in, the, I went in there up there, right, and I said, "All right, I want a trifecta box? Here's my three hey. horses. Two dollars, you yeah, know, yeah. Two dollars should have been like a twelve dollar bet. She did something. She rang in a fourth horse and then did something else that made it a forty eight dollar bet. Okay, so. You know, it's all cash. I'm like checking I'm like, Oh, well, I got it. Here you go. Let's just roll. Let's ride it. Like not hit anything else. Let's ride it. it fucking hit.
1: That's I picked fun. up
0: all four. Went up, handed it the ticket. Three hundred and thirty eight dollars. <laughs>
1: that's that's like me when playing craps and I hit I hit my hard way. For those of you who don't know what a hard way is, you predict the dice that you you predict the numbers that the dice lands on. And I always set my dice to 44. So I always hop to 44 mm. and it, that pays a, a 30 to one. So I put a $5 bet on it. I hit it the first time. They asked me if I want to take my hard ways down, you know, hard ways again are, are getting the same numbers twice. And I said, no, and or I said, yes, but they ended up pressing my hot bet to 10 bucks. But I didn't tell them to. So when I hit the 44 for a second time in a row, they were like, oh, man, you won more money. I'm like, I told you to take that down. But she's like, you want to not win 450 bucks or $300? So I'm like, well, I do now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. That,
0: that's kind of about how that went. By the horse hockey Tuesday, by the way, if you can ever, if you can ever work Collinsville on a light day on a Tuesday, the horse track out here does dollar fifty drafts, dollar hot dogs, free admission, dollar minimum bets. Wow! Called Horse hookie Tuesday every Tuesday afternoon in the summer from like April to October.
1: That sounds like fun. That sounds. So
0: that's what we did for work yesterday.
1: I mean, I'm gonna have the to just stop in to see if they have. If they want to put any. To still on draft and then just n- just never leave. They do have draft all <laughs> <tacks. laughs> the day. Um, they do have draft taps.
0: Um, all right. So this week we're gonna do the other half of rookie recap. So last week we talked about rookies and their landing spots. This week we're talking about who survived. We're gonna look at the veteran players that you know maybe the team didn't add or the team didn't add enough to where there's still opportunity there. And you know these are guys that either have struggled with injury, struggled to catch on, um kind of new faces, new places, a bunch of jags that are just in a spot that you know could potentially catch lightning in a bottle. These are guys that you want to post draft, maybe somebody cut them, if you're rebuilding, you've got spots, grab them off the waiver wire. Have them as some mini throw in pieces in trades just to offset value a little bit. Not guys we're necessarily advocating for go out and get them, but could either be a depth piece to help your team if you're a contender or a flip candidate um, for some mid round draft capital, middle of the season. So that's what we got for you today. As always, before that, uh, we are presented by the FF Face Off. So, fffaceoff.com for uh, articles when we decide to write all of our content, all the awesome stuff that Aaron and Ryan and the gang are doing. We had Ryan on last week, so hopefully, you all enjoyed that. Uh, Beer Field Podcast on YouTube uh, to follow along there, and uh, Beer Fueled on Twitter, what you need to know. All right, what are we drinking?
1: What's fueling Beer fuel? What are you drinking? And today, no surprise. Ah, just kidding. I'm drinking more Pegs Brewing. This is a collaboration of two breweries to form a new brewery. This is uh, Three Floyds and McKeller. Oh, to do a, a pretty uh, pretty crazy over-the-top. Three Foy is obviously very well-known um, in the States. And then uh, I want to say McKellar. That might be the States. I cannot remember where McKellar is from. But obviously, two highly respected breweries. Uh, three foys you know pretty well. They're about three and a half, four hours from us, or at least from me. So uh, today I am drinking their High Celebrant. This is a Doppelbach Lager. Oh. Um, this oh. is uh'll I'll just say this is it is fucking delicious Double uh, box I'll, yeah they' uh I'll talk about this style we've talked about this style on there and i'll I'll give my thoughts on this but uh you know old school Dan uh beer review it's it's pretty fucking good so we're both rocking uh
0: rocking classic styles then nothing nothing free for today I've got from trick from Triptych Brewing Company. Uh, out of savoy illinois been a while since i've had them asaria the german inspired decoction mash i'll get into what that means in a minute golden lager uh with asaria 1924 malt uh german pearl and sapphire hops part of their heirloom lager series so heirloom lager series heirloom grains so classic grains german noble hops which is what pearl and in sapphire are native german hops uh, in this lager beer. And then what a decoction mash is, is basically a step mash. Um, and what that is designed to do is bring out the malt character more, essentially. Uh, I don't do decoction mashes. I cheat and use Melanoidin because it does the same thing. It enhances malt flavor. But decoction mash is another way that you can go about it if you have the equipment and the temp control to do it. It's a traditional way of of enhancing malt characteristics in your beer. So there you go. All right, let's get nerd into stuff. Nerd stuff. All right, let's get into some of the news. Uh, starting off, the thing I'm not sure if we did or didn't talk about <laughs> a couple, a couple trades during the draft, which I could have swore we got
1: to. I don't remember talking about it. Like all I remember is jumping straight into the draft recap. But I thought we
0: maybe got, we- I thought we covered it during the draft recap. Anyway. Just in case you've been under a rock, A.J. Brown... You can just give quick thoughts. Sir. Yep, A.J. Brown and Marquise Brown both traded. Uh, A.J. Brown makes his way from the Titans to the Eagles. And Marquise Brown makes his way from the Ravens out to um, the Cardinals. So, A.J. Brown to the Eagles, first and foremost. Obviously, big yak guy. Um, good compliment to what they've got with Devonta Smith. Um, it's... It sh- You know, I don't know if it's going to be higher volume, but it shouldn't be any lower volume than what Tennessee was doing through the air. Uh, You should immediately be the alpha there. So, you know, worst case scenario is it's net neutral for me on AJ Brown.
1: I, I, I don't think it's better. Like, I mean, he had, he had a perfectly catered offense. I mean, AJ Brown is just so good. He goes from one low volume offense to the next. I don't think anyone should be surprised. Tanner is a better throw of the football than Hertz is, at least at this point in their careers. So I do expect some of the, some of the efficiency to come down just a tad bit, um, higher competition for targets as well. It, it's, it's not a massive negative though. He's still a wide receiver one. You still take talent over situation mm-hmm. at this point. And we know how good AJ Brown is. We know how good he, he is with limited, with the limited volume. Um, It's just, I've seen some people just like, I've seen people love this move, and I'm like, it's not this world beater, guys. Like, it's not. It's, it's not. It's a a good football move. It's a great football move, and it sets up the Eagles nicely for, uh, you know, for years to come if it doesn't work out.
0: Yeah, it's not a huge swing. And for Devonta Smith, what that does is it kind of caps it. So, I mean, you really, for AJ Brown, you're talking. Eh, maybe net neutral, maybe a slight downtick in efficiency for Devonta Smith. You're talking capped upside now. so, But definitely a better football move than it is a fantasy move. But the flip side of this, though, Marquise Brown going to the Cardinals is something that I actually like a whole hell of a lot. Um, Hopkins is going to miss the first six games off of a PED suspension, which I don't believe we talked about either. So Hopkins no. got suspended for PED usage. So
1: and he's trying to claim it off like he didn't know what's going on,
0: like everyone does. So he's going to miss the first six games. They re-signed A.J. Green, who admittedly had chemistry issues. You bring in Mar- Marquise Brown. Hollywood's back with Kyler. They played together in college, so you already have that built-in chemistry. And he immediately is going to see a high, an increased target share over what he saw in Baltimore, and is immediately going to be, you know, used it at varying levels of the field. So. You know, Target share was nuts last year. Not target volume.
1: If I said target I mean, share, that was... I mean, it's... It, all right, so here. He had 145 targets last year. That's ninth best in the NFL. And, uh, on a 26.7% target share. Higher quality target, because he was fucking good with Lamar the first... Before Lamar got hurt. I started I stopped
0: mean, using him just as a deep threat specialist, too. They were better in the first part of the year, yes.
1: Well, I mean, like, I mean, like, he got like once. I think it was it was once. Hutney also got hurt, and he had that one game with their third trainer, and he had like his adot was like two. Like, I agree that Brown. I'm glad that Brown's gone. I mean, I'm not, I'm not glad as a Ravens fan he's gone, but I'm I'm, I'm happy for his, his fantasy value because I do expect I do expect what we saw from the early part of his of his last uh the season with uh, with a. Jackson to be mirrored with the Cardinals except they yeah. run more plays and they're more up tempo. You are right. He did
0: have quite a high target volume. I Want to look at something else here, though, because I think you're also right. I think you're also right in the fact that he can lose some targets and gain some efficiency and still end up about where he was. I mean, he gets eh, Christian Kirk targets plus because of the Hopkins suspension, so.
1: Even if how you, much of that? It's hard for me to know how much Hopkins is gone is gonna. I mean, they play completely different roles.
0: Well, they do, but I think it's a matter of you still have to throw the football, right? Even if they're, oh yeah, I don't know, I know, you still have to throw the football when Hopkins is on the field. He demands targets. I mean, he's gonna command targets when he's there. When he's not there, then you know you got to figure there's eight to ten targets a game on the table to go elsewhere. So what I'm saying is Christian Kirk had 103 targets last year. If you can get Hollywood in that 120 target range at a little bit better efficiency than what he had last year, last year, you know, on a better offense. Oh, I don't want to say better offense, better passing offense. Um, get him up in that, you know, 13-ish yards per reception range instead of down at 11. You're pretty much going to end up net even if not a little better than what you had last season. I think the opportunity is a lot higher. I think the floor is probably about
1: the same. I'm, I'm actually very interested to see how they deploy him when Hopkins is back. He was 15th in route to run last year, and that's playing with three quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. You know, And this is including losing his MVP quarterback halfway through the year. It, it's I think he's going to be better with Hopkins on the field because of how well they complement each other. I think the issue is, is that the Cardinals' offense looked terrible. After Hopkins was gone for most of the year, I I know Kyler was also banged up, but Murray sat for, you know, for a few games to get better. I'm more concerned of the scoring type of offense because AJ Green's supposed to fit that, you know, that Hopkins void. And he was pretty bad at it last year, you know, to be honest. But Brown's Brown's an obvious upgrade over Kurt.
0: And I think that's what it comes down to is that Brown's an upgrade over
1: Kirk. So the wheels came
0: off when Hopkins wasn't there, but Brown was the one in in Baltimore. We like Rashad Bateman. He was not the one there last year. No, not not even close. It it was Brown. So Brown, being a smaller guy, can stretch the field, though, can work as a one, can get behind defenses, and you still have A.J. Green there to help to draw some coverage, and they re-sign Zach Ertz. Mm-hmm. Which is also going to help that cause. He's still a capable t- tight end, so I'm
1: I'm a big fan of this move, this and is, I'm I'm really pumped to see this Cardinals offense when Hopkins returns. This is the better move for fantasy. I think the AJ Brown trade
0: was the better <laughs> NFL move. Yeah. This is the better fantasy move. I agree. All right, cool. Keeping it moving on to other things. Uh, just because I have to, the Bears signed quarterback Nathan Peterman to a one-year deal. <laughs> I am stoked about that. Moving on, uh, Nelson Aguilar doesn't know who the Patriots' offensive coordinator is going to be, so they're off to a good
1: start. Oh my god! Just I'm I'm here for I'm here for a Patriots side uh, tank. I don't want to see them back in the playoffs. I'm good. Josh Lambo
0: suing Jacksonville for creating a hostile work environment. This is the kicker that got kicked. <laughs>
1: good because fuck urban meyer
0: fuck urban meyer agreed uh ravens withdrew the exclusive rights tender on running back tyson williams making him a free agent remember him from last season when he got i don't denied. even think balt
1: i don't even think baltimore remembers him after that after that one
0: game he played and then they signed mike davis so that tells you how they valued them davis was cut <laughs> by the falcons too is the other take that. so uh,
1: i can't wait for him to get cut so in july august so the i'm good
0: biggest takeaway from that whole news item is tyler algier well
1: there's one more sony michelle going to miami we'll talk about that in a minute yeah okay okay uh,
0: all right i've My got bad. I've, bad. well no Well i was gonna say i was gonna throw michelle out there but we'll actually break it down here in a minute because the don't spoiler alert dolphins running backs are the first list of people i have in the survivor list um right Tom Brady inked the deal to be Fox's lead analyst when he retires from the NFL, whatever that may be. Uh, Highest paid analyst in sports, three hundred
1: sixty-five mil. Yeah, for ten years, right? This fucking Jesus Christ! Is this? He better be fucking like he's like I'm. He does he does great for social media. He better be a fucking good analyst. Like he better be fucking good because that's insane, dude. I'm expecting Pat
0: McAfee meets Tony Romo, and I will accept nothing less for that amount of money.
1: And I I I I hate how much I enjoy Tom Brady, but I'm gonna love him if he fucking kill I want him and Romo together, even though they can't be. But yeah, that'd ah, be so much fun.
0: Um, and the biggest news of the week: Debo Samuel refollowed the 49ers on Instagram.
1: Oh God! Now we all can rejoice. We can all just relax. Fuck! I can't. Oh, so glad that's over. I'm sure there's more, but that's all the further I can get before the show
0: started. Let's talk some Survivor, shall we? Let's do it. Hold on, I'm going to hit the tribute drop again just because. <laughs> draft Recap Alright, wrapping up our NFL draft coverage, we are going to be looking at the position groups that survived. Um, so what I did is I went through every team's depth chart uh, and basically what we're looking at here is... Uh, Areas where there's a lot of opportunity, basically. They didn't add anybody. Uh, There were were teams where we suspected that they could have added maybe a clear starter, maybe some additional depth, and it didn't necessarily happen. Uh, Maybe they traded their lead receiver away. So uh, without further ado, as I teased, the first group on this list, Dolphins running backs. So the Dolphins were a team I think we had all targeted as potentially drafting a back. If McDaniel wanted somebody in there of his own accord, but we also kind of know from the Forty ers that the Dolphins are going to use a multi-headed attack. They didn't draft anybody. They signed Sony Michelle, and then they're going to roll with. Listen to this list of people: Chase Edmonds, Sony Michelle, Raheem Mostert, Miles Gaskin, Salvador Ahmed.
1: Oh man, just I can't wait to I can't wait to try to figure out who are the top backs going to be, even though we all know it's going to be chase Edmonds and it's going to be a value. Now
0: I think Edmonds and Michelle are the two that you want to, you want to target. I expect more than one back to come out of this with value for them, just because that's how these backfields go. Um, I think it's Edmonds and Michelle Mustard's two injury prone Gaskin fell off the face of the earth. I think Gaskin's going to be the guy that gets like a random start in week 12 and you're spot plugging him in. Um, but I think Edmonds and Michelle are what you want. What you want here, and I don't see them adding anybody else either to that backfield. I mean, that's a good enough running back room from the people that are in there for
1: what this offense is going to be and expected to be. I fully expect because it's five running backs. Right? I Fully expect somebody's going to get cut. Someone's going to get cut. Probably be a Ahmed, Ahmed, maybe Gaskin. Um, you know, with Moster knowing the uh 49ers running scheme with Evans being handpicked and Michelle being a late ad. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if Michelle is, is cut either. It's just because we've seen that a lot that we get hyped about these veteran guys that, that move on through teams after the draft and they, just, but you Michelle know, just never happens. was
0: good in a zone scheme with the Rams at the end of last year. So yeah. I,
1: I, I'm not saying, I think he will. I'm just saying, I wouldn't be surprised if he is. Yeah. So
0: right now it's Michelle and Edmonds, I think are the two that I would like to, to go after when I say go after, I'm not saying run out and trade specifically for these guys. Again, these are guys that, you know, in the case of Edmonds or Michelle, you, or especially Michelle, you might be able to nab on the cheap as a throw into a deal. If you need somebody else to balance it, et cetera, et cetera. I do think Michelle is probably worth that at this stage in the off season. Yeah. That's definitely yeah, no issue with draft. that. Patriots wide receivers. Um, so the Patriots got through only adding Tyquan Thornton. Tyquan Thornton was my lowest-rated wide receiver other than David Bell uh, out of any one's film that I watched. It's a Patriots pick that isn't going to jump to anything. So, I mean, they're looking to roll again with myers born Aguilar, and then the addition of Devontae Parker. So, to me, this is good news for Myers as a floor play. I think Parker's a lot of what does he have left But you know, if I'm picking two from this group, it's probably going to be Myers and Parker. Particularly Myers, being the guy that I want to have rostered. But they didn't go out and get anybody that really shakes this up. So it's lower volume. It's not sexy. But if they had value last year, congratulations. They they had value pre-draft. They survived it because Tyquan Thornton does not register as anything other than a guy for me.
1: That's, I mean, he, he, he's still a second round pick. He's going to be on the roster. He's going to have a chance to maybe potentially crack the starting lineup. I'm sorry. Kendrick Bourne doesn't scare. Shouldn't scare anybody. Devonta Parker. I'm not, I can't remember what they gave off for him. Nelson Aguilar doesn't even know who the really offensive think. coordinator is. I
0: don't think anybody does.
1: <laughs> I don't think that's so, a Nelson Aguilar
0: indictment. I think that's a Patriots. <laughs> <indictment.
1: laughs> Without that being said, I only want one guy. And that's Jacobi Myers, and that's it. Because I don't know why anyone wants to attack, back, wants any part of this receiving court. Remind me again
0: what, what round Nikhil Harry went in.
1: He was pick 32, round one. Okay. I rest my case
0: about not caring about Taquan Thornton. I'm just hey, saying, Nikhil a Harry
1: started. Uh, hey, I'm not saying he's going to be productive, but he's going to probably eventually start. That's all I'm at. That's and all I'm I- saying.
0: How long did Nikhil Harry start? Right because he, Bel- I think like three or four years before. Belichick don't care. <laughs> he doesn't give. I don't know days. why he
1: got fucked Tyquan Thornton. <laughs> Bob I don't care anymore. Nikhil I'm Harry over this. played
0: seven games his rookie season. He started five of them. Nikhil Harry started eighteen games over the course of his three-year career.
1: Hey, all all Tyquan Thornton has to do is not. It's it's actually want to actually you know be good at football.
0: Nikhil Harry has 500 receiving yards for his career. I don't care when Tyquan Thornton was picked. Not New England. I don't even know why. We
1: spoke way too many words about him.
0: Yeah. Giants running backs. So uh, this is here mostly because... Robinson Robinson's the RP2. <laughs> yeah, it's not because I expected them to take a starter, but I did expect that they could probably try to add some depth behind Barkley. Um, especially given the level of third tier backs that were in this class, they kind of project as that NFL backup that could be a, you know, very serviceable piece in Barkley's injury history, and they didn't do it. They're rolling with Matt Rita and Gary Brightwell, so uh, behind Saquon Barkley. So what that does is one, they're doubling down on Barkley, um, and his injury history as a starter. Which you should. The talent's still very much there. But two, it's wide open behind him. And when you look at backs that over the last couple of years that have a high potential to get injured, missed games, Barkley's right up there. And we're going to talk about
1: another one here later. Great call. He can sell value. Wando Robinson had 141 carries in college, had 88 mm-hmm. in his freshman year. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not advocating. I'm seeing shades of Tavon Austin 2.0. You have an undersides a productive wide receiver. I, I would not like, and we just watched what Debo did. We know that we know that this is a copycat league. Well, I'm not saying it's going to happen. It's not. It's not Debo. Uh, big oh big no, players. no, I'm not calling him Debo, but a team that can get maximum, you know, potential out of their second round pick. We just saw what you know what you know what Atlanta did with Cordell Patterson last year. Right, but obviously Mar- he's not built like that, but... Problem with Juan I- Dale
0: is that you already have that on the roster. His name's Kadarius Tony. <laughs>
1: if there's any... <laughs> maybe? <laughs> like, they're trying to move him after one year. So, I mean, I'm not saying they will, but... I mean, it's ain't the regime that drafted him either. So, I mean, I'm not saying maybe he will be. Maybe he's a head case and they don't want to deal with him. Speaking of we've running seen,
0: backs, seen- or speaking of wide receivers, I guess... Yeah, the Giants' wide receivers also came out of this thing relatively unscathed, and that's a group that includes. Are you sitting down? Uh, hold on. Yep. Kenny Galladay, Kadarius, Tony Sterling, Shepard, Darius Slayton, Richie James, Robert Foster, David Sills, Colin Johnson.
1: <laughs> so many slot receivers, and then you know, Kenny Galladay, Colin and Robert Johnson. Foster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, thought Brian guys. Dabble was supposed to be good at this. Oh, we want more? We want more slot and gadget player. I remember that guy out in San Francisco killed us probably one time.
0: Again, not advocating for it because it's the giants. <laughs> Kadarius, Tony, I talked about him a couple of months ago. Uh, he was the most, as far as efficiency goes, the most efficient receiver of the bunch. Kenny Galladay certainly could have a resurgence under dabble. Um, Shepard's got to stay healthy. You know, the thing with Gallaudet, Shepard, and Tony is that actually could be a somewhat passable group. Not elite by any means, but serviceable. It, it, but the injury history is so deep there that, you know, uh, if I'm looking at anybody, it's Tony. He's still young. He was hurt. He was mildly productive. If I'm looking at anybody to get on a throwing deal, it's good. It's got to be.
1: It's got to be cheap. I mean, I'm not running out and bringing anybody in, but I mean, if you someone's got to catch passes, He's yep. still Daniel Jones, but he's he's good enough. Yeah, eh, at times it's again, it's not, We're not advocating for just mm-hmm. simply highlighting what we see.
0: Uh, the Eagles are another team that I thought could bring in some some depth and didn't do it. so They're going to roll into the season with Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell, and Boston Scott.
1: Boston Scott is still there, huh? He is still there. I thought thought he got cut. They brought in some undrafted guys. I remember somebody was all pumping the table about who Philly brought in, but they don't like to utilize their running backs the way that I think everyone thinks they should. So Much of the same last year. Miles Sanders gets underutilized. Gainwell will vulture touchdowns. And Boston Scott will be very useful once Miles Sanders gets hurt.
0: And that makes Gainwell the guy that you're looking at as a throw-in piece here. As long as most am pull-off. Uh, special shout-out to the Eagles quarterbacks, too. Um, Carson Strong, not a threat for anything. So Hurts and Minshew, yay, he survived another year. <laughs> yay! Uh, Bengals backup running backs. So Joe Mixon's another guy that falls under the category of when he's on the field, there's nobody that's a threat to him, except for apparently Samaj P. Ryan in supercritical situations. Thanks, Zach Taylor. Um, yeah. But he's another guy that's also had some ankle issues and some soft tissue issues that you know could miss a couple games. And again, the Bengals were in a position to add depth, and they didn't do it. So they are rolling with Samaj P. Ryan, who's used in a lot of third down rolls and chris evans so i don't know what you do with that information but there you go they they survived that means p ryan is probably he's the cuff right so he should probably be rostered um because i mean he's one injury away basically if the season ender then for once in his life he'll have value
1: what this really means is just be extremely confident in in selecting Joe Mixon. There's yes. zero threat to his. He should be a top five back for fantasy. He should be drafted as such. And the Bengals apparently have no issues with him and his workload by showcasing not wanting to bring anybody in to compete for a backup spot with Samaji P. Ryan and Chris Evans. Absolutely, bare skill positions. <laughs>
0: I mean, yeah, it, it's it's bad. Um, they brought in Bayless Jones, 25-year-old rookie. Uh, Darnell Mooney, I think, because of that is relatively safe. And then you've got St. Brown and Pringle. But the bigger takeaway here to me is that they also did nothing. You know, They released Tariq Cohen with an injury designation. So they didn't do anything in the running back room. So Khalil Herbert maintains his cuff status for David Montgomery. And we all remember what Khalil Herbert did when he had to sub in.
1: Low key, he is one of the biggest winners of this. He has to survive next year too. But David Montgomery is a free agent after the season. I I don't see a reason for them to bring him back. This is coaching staff didn't draft him. It, it shouldn't fit the rebuild profile because they're still at least three years behind. So Khalil Herbert looking like a committee back potentially next year if they decide to go that route, or he can definitely be. I think he's just just as good. I, I think this well, offense functions the same.
0: I think it does too. And the other note there is that, uh, you know, that Tariq Cohen, you know, Montgomery and Herbert are not necessarily known for their receiving chops. And they have Darrington Evans there. Who's just 23 years old. Darrington Evans is younger than the wide receiver. They just drafted.
1: Montgomery at least was a, you know, he was a productive ball purpose back with Iowa state. So if it decide to be anti Josh Jacobs with them, Again, he's going to be. He's also a value. We, it's oddly enough, last year we to the table to trade these guys. They have reached a point where we're comfortable with what their value is. Speaking of, you know, Josh Jacobs and David Montgomery, and a little bit of Miles Sanders, said now these guys are going to be valued pieces, especially in redraft. It's Montgomery's going to be forgotten. I don't want to be forgotten, about, but he's going to be overlooked because of how bad the Bears' offense is, and. Mm-hmm. Who who else is catching the football there? They have a bunch of wide receiver. They have one wide receiver two and a bunch of fours and fives. I don't think they really have any threes on this roster. It's a bunch of fours and fives outside of you know Mooney yeah, yeah. who's alone too. Yep.
0: Speaking of fours and fives outside of alone too, Jacksonville, um, their wide Ooh. receiver room did not do anything to get better. They did not do anything to add any weapons for Trevor Lawrence. So you are going to roll in. With Marvin Jones, Zay Jones, and Christian Kirk. Now it is an upgrade over last year. But they did pay the shit out of Christian Kirk, who I think is immediately your top guy. But I think that you almost have to look at Zay Jones after, you know, being serviceable with the Raiders last season and landing on a team that you figure is going to play from behind a good amount. Um You know, yes, because they didn't do this, I think it's also really good for Travis Etienne, but Zay Jones is one of those reclamation guys you can probably take a flyer on if you have the roster spots here um, that should be near free out on a waiver wire post-draft that I think you can add and potentially get some week-to-week value out of is a depth piece or a plug-in start because Jacksonville is going to throw the ball a bunch, because they're going to be playing from behind, and because they didn't add an alpha here.
1: Somebody's got to catch passes. You know, Kurt's going to be the the popular guy. Oddly enough, this doesn't kill potentially Chanel. They brought back LeVon Treadwell. Marvin Jones is probably the outside guy. I, I, I would prefer. He's got a proven history with that track record, and I think he fits well with, uh, you know, with uh, Lawrence's you know play style and with how he likes to operate. I'd see him more as the true DJ Chark replacement. Jose Jones just kind of fits what maybe Treadwell did last year late. So, like you said, they're going to be throwing the football a shit ton. Even with this bad division, they're still going to be throwing the ball a lot because this defense isn't quite there yet. Um, and there's really isn't a, a true cohesion here. I don't know what the fuck Doug Peterson's doing and what this. I mean, it's it's Trent Baalke, so no one's shocked by it, but. Yeah, well, and it's a multi-year rebuild, too. So, you know, what you
0: hope is is that they add enough year three to be competitive in the last two years of Lawrence's rookie deal.
1: But I just wish you, I mean, this would have been, this is a great year to just add in. There are so many, are so many potential receivers. pieces that could have been added yeah. to this roster that, I mean, get. you know, from the wide receiver spot that they didn't attack. You got to at least get one, and they didn't. Cut cut picks, of, yeah. It just makes, it's just like, you got to give, you got to give Lawrence somebody a line side. Kirk, Kirk's a good number two. You got to
0: give him somebody that he can grow. Even if it's another number two, give him somebody that he can grow with. And then, you know, find your one later, you know? Yeah. Yep. Cause I think Kirk's an even better, probably three slash slot guy more so than anything. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Atlanta's wide receivers, by the way, they did add Drake London, but nobody else. So, you know, it's a situation where, with London, you're one injury away from the Odd and Tate show. Uh, please. <laughs> or struggles away from the <laughs> Odd and Tate show. I mean, Demir Bird and Odd and Tate, right? They're, they're the two guys that have had some weeks. Zaccheaus, week, week, Zaccheaus, right? Zaccheaus. Is it, eh, is it, yeah. yeah. Slot guy, he's starting, probably. No, he probably is. Zacchaeus is. And Tate's probably starting right now too. Well, no, Patterson. So again um, yeah, I'll be
1: interested to see how they yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that they I think that if they're interested in putting the best offense on the field, you're deploying Algier with Mariota to be able to pick it up on the ground. And you're using Patterson as a receiver, kind of in a slot gadget type role with um or even outside as a field stretcher with um Drake London and then Zacchaeus in the slot, and you know, obviously Kyle Pitts.
1: Obviously Kyle Pitts. But. I think I think they're going to do a lot of, a lot of wacky shit with this, with what they can get from Patterson, what we've known for Damian Williams to be, which is nothing. Yeah, it, it's uh, <laughs> it's receiving core. Adding Drake London, it, it does it like it it's it, it obviously makes it better. But, but, it's another guys, team that's gonna have to throw man.
0: a geometric shitload too, so you might as well take a flyer <laughs> on somebody here. Yeah.
1: Drake London, hundred plus targets lock it in.
0: Oh yeah. London's gonna have a hundred plus, Pitts is gonna have a hundred plus, and somebody out of this group is gonna have eighty.
1: It's gonna be just a massive collection of like, you know, forties and fifties. Yeah. It's gonna be Patterson. Patterson might get a hundred targets this year. He might. He might, man. He might. He, he, he just might fuck around and get a hundred targets in this offense.
0: He might. Uh, Panthers wide receivers, uh, particularly Terrace Marshall. Uh, Panthers <laughs> did not add a wide receiver. They extended to DJ Moore, so that puts Terrace Marshall as one of their top three.
1: Him and Robbie Anderson and yeah. DJ Moore. More and I mean it's just going to Moore's be more locked in. So yeah, yeah. Um, they was Higgins. They brought in Rashard Higgins apparently. Did they?
0: They did. Uh, yeah. Well, the Bears signed Tadres Sharp too. We didn't talk about that, but
1: it's <laughs> Higgins better than Marshall. I mean, maybe, maybe. He, Marshall was so bad last year. Right, but Shai Smith replaced him. As you're a one run receiver. Run. So yeah, it, yeah, it's true. But what it is is.
0: Who behind DJ Moore? Well, right now, it's Christian McCaffrey, but let's talk about that for a minute, too. McCaffrey, like Barkley, has been just completely offset by injuries the last couple years. So, you can't discount the guys that are behind him. Who's behind him? Well, they didn't draft anybody. They didn't add any depth that way. It's Chuba Hubbard and Deonta Foreman. And we saw... Please, McCaffrey, say healthy. Well, we saw what Foreman can do, though. When called upon granted in an offense that is designed was designed for his running style, but this is here basically to say a lot like the bears where we talked about Herbert and Evans foreman and Hubbard are one injury away to a back who has not been healthy for two years. It being pieces that are either become very flippable or
1: usable for one season hope oh, I 1000% agree. I uh, that's why I hope to God McCaffrey stay healthy. I, I like have fun dissecting this backfield. It'd be Foreman. If, if that happens, it'd be foreman, foreman. I would think so too. I'm betting on Foreman too. But Hubbard was he was productive last year when he when he was called upon.
0: Uh New Orleans did not add anybody behind Alvin Kamara. So there's Mark Ingram and Tony Jones there. Oof. And what we know about New Orleans is that, yes, they had a Chris Alave. Yes, they should be getting Michael Thomas back. But unless there's a philosophical shift with an older school coach and Dennis Allen to throw the ball more, you're going to go 1-2. And what we know about Alvin Kamara is he does better when he's used the way that he can be successful and there's somebody else to handle the heavier running, I guess. Not the volume, but the grind it out between the tackles stuff.
1: It's Mark, Mark, Mark Henry. Mark God Henry. God damn it! Yes, it's Mark.
0: It's Mar- 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 <laughs> chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> they're putting Mark Henry behind the line. I and do that saying, so much.
1: Oh, I, I hope so. Mark Ingram's. I mean, it's a great. It's great for them. This Mark offense Ingram. is gonna. Mark Henry's whoa. like fifty-five. He is fifty-five. He might still be better than than what they got there. No, Mark besides. Ingram. They're
0: gonna try with it, but if Ingram struggles, he's in his thirties. Tony Jones is gonna have a shot here as well. Uh, And the difference is that Tony Jones is probably on the waiver wire.
1: You got Kamara, who's not the biggest back in the world. Who's took, he's taken a lot of touches, Mm -hmm. you know, at some point a back, his size, don't worry Sean Payton to get, you know, creative with the play calling. You get creative with how he gets the ball in his hand. (sighs) You get a bad offense. I like, They're going to still throw him the footballs. For as long as Kamara's healthy, he'll be fine. But it's going to be a lot of gross games. There will be somebody else there. There has to be. Mm -hmm. I agree. Let
0: me look up Tony Jones here real quick, actually. Tony Jones. So, 2020, 5'11", 224.
1: Got the size. Got the size for it. Uh,
0: Average 2.6 yards per attempt last season.
1: 16th percentile spark score. All right. (laughs) 98.4. Tony Jones, he don't give a fuck. (laughs) He's just a big fucking body.
0: Uh, Chiefs running backs. Again, another situation where given the struggles of Edwards-Alaire, you think, okay, maybe they can add somebody in that that mid-tier, and nope, they added Ronald Jones in free agency, they still got Derek Gore and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So, really, Edwards-Hilaire survives, and you're just looking for a sell one now.
1: What about Isaiah Pacheco, Hopper? Who? What about Isaiah, Isaiah Pacheco? Darwin, a six-round pick. Darwin Thompson? <laughs> yeah. I can't believe Clyde's going to be a value this year.
0: He will be a value this year, and he's all you know, over it. it. It's, the same thing that happened with Smith and Mc, or, uh, Swift and Montgomery after, I think, well,
1: in their second years last year? I mean, Swift, yeah. I mean, Swift was a third-round pick last year. I think Montgomery was like a fourth. Maybe. They were third and fourth, and it was the same thing. Their former,
0: you know, we expect them to be bell cows. They struggled, and then they hit third, fourth round and are disrespected. And Edward Zalaire is going to be in that same middle round of your draft um in ronald jones is his biggest competition and then you know Derek gore who flashed a little bit but you know maybe they do get more out of ronald jones like they did jerick mckinnon at the end of last year but i you know and i honestly think jones is probably worth the flyer for that reason if edward zeller does struggle but i think clyde's going to be your value and rojo somebody that I don't know where the ADP is at on rojo I don't know if people are losing their shit because he's on the chiefs or not, but, you know, oh. if that becomes a value.
1: Jones will probably be double-digit rounds. No. Clyde will be in the round five or six range. Good It's going to be my guess. That's probably what he'll end up being For sure. in late August.
0: All right. And then Rams running backs, Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson. Um also didn't add anybody acres coming out the achilles injury great recovery not highly productive after coming back from that henderson struggled with with his opportunities so um they didn't add anybody though and michelle's gone
1: yeah that that's a pretty clear sign that that Nick and his coaching staff is very comfortable with with with, with henderson and acres which effectively means they're very comfortable with acres so I mean, we'll have to see what we get from them, but... Maybe they're just really comfortable with Jake Funk. That are uh, Was it Kyron Williams went there?
0: Yeah, they, they <laughs> did pick Kyron Williams. Very
1: comfortable with Kyron Williams there. Ah, yeah. oh,
0: Kyron Williams. Why? How he fell. Bye. Bye. Yeah. So, I mean, there you go. Kind of a quick run-through, but... You know, there are guys that came out of this looking good. There are guys that survived... Uh, we're in a beer review, and then I'm going to add another segment to this because it's going to be a short show. I got, I
1: got so. one more. We got one more, and, and I think you'll – maybe you'll disagree with me. Okay. That's the Baltimore backfield. lot of speculation that maybe Baltimore was going to add a late day two pick to the Dobbins and the Gus Edwards backfield. They get Tyler Batty – or Batty, excuse me, in the sixth round. We like We like him. More of a justice Seale guy, same size, same skill set, far better player. Mike Davis, I, I think he's going to get cut. I don't think it really matters to me. Dobbins is a guy that we've we've talked about on here. Baltimore is a backfield that it looks they're they're going to, they're pointing the direction of wanting to go where they were from a couple of years ago. Lamar Jackson's rookies are that his MVP season where it's it's run the football, control the clock. I don't think that's going to work out very well, but that's what they're pointing to. So Dobbins value, Gus Edwards will be a value. Um, batty, or uh, Beatty could be. Um, Six-round picks are tough. They could end up on the practice squad this year, but Raven's backfield also survived what uh, many people, what, what there were some rumors being talked about them potentially adding a back late day two.
0: Um, Tyler Beatty killed that backfield.
1: Okay, yeah, just hundred all hundred ninety nine pounds of himself murdered that backfield. He did. That's what completely I'm gone.
0: With. Tyler Beatty. No, you're you're right. It's kind of like Miami, where you know we expect it to be committee, and it's basically pick two guys out of that committee that you like, and
1: you know try to get one or the other. Yeah, I, I'm not he. Brady needs to be drafted in your rookie drafts. What oh, we saw from Baltimore last year is that they're willing to utilize the running backs more. Spoilers, he will be at 2-9. At 2-9? Mm-hmm. In
0: our, our rookie draft. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't think he yeah. lasts until 3-8, and I've got two second-round picks. So.
1: I mean, I, don't, I have to look through my draft. I got three second-rounders. He won't be just, drafted then. I'm not that crazy. But. Just telegraphing that. I know. I know. I might move back. I don't have a third-round pick, so I'm not taking it from you. We'll see. I might move back. (laughs)
0: All right. Let's hit a beer review, and then we'll uh, wrap up with something else to keep an eye on throughout the offseason.
1: Beer Review. I did a uh, beer so good that I have to pour another one. So, again, this is War Pigs Brewing. This is the Three Ploys McKellar Collaboration Brewery. This is their high um, high celebrant. <laughs> this is their Doppelbock Lager. Obviously, very very dark amber malt color to it. A lot of toasted notes, hints of toffee, without the sweeter body to it. Uh, You know, hints of caramel with that, obviously, those are all very popular notes that you're going to be pulling from the malts that are being used. I don't have any of the billing uh, uh, being put together, but I'm assuming with these German-inspired beers that you're going to get your German-inspired malts and uh, potential hops that are being used. So um, if you get a chance to find this variety pack or some of the six-pack bottles that are floating around, I highly recommend worth 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 the price of admission this is a uh, very high quality um obviously you have to i like even if you don't know about the style or you may, you may not be particular with the style i i would highly recommend a get into it and, and be picking this up to be one of your uh one of your guinea pig beers sketch there
0: and on that doppelbach style for those that don't know a doppelbach <laughs> is a multi-German lager uh pale and dark variants darker versions richly developed deep malt flavors um so very strong maltiness malt is the is 100 the star of that show there can be some hot bitterness but malt is the star of the show with the doppelbach um and they tend to sit between seven and ten percent abv
1: yeah the the uh you v- no, very much of a malty sweet finish you, uh, you do get reminiscence of a I have a hot back bite to it, but it's very subtle. All
0: right. I was drinking a from Triptych. It is a uh, German-inspired decoction mash golden lager. Again, decoction mash is designed to bring out malt. Um, and it's a good beer. Um, it's If you're thinking you're getting, like, a light beer out of this or something super clean, that is not necessarily what you're getting. This has a lot of flavor. Um, the decoction mash brings out... Again, the the malt in this, which is uh, very bready, crackery, uh, almost like biscuit-like, which is exactly what you'd expect to get out of European malts. Um, There are zero notes of caramel to this. It is all just toasty, bready, flavorful, uh, medium-bodied goodness. And then, you know, from the hops, there's a a subtle, there's a, a a very Nice, subtle bitterness to this, but it's also earthy, um, which is, again, just kind of classic and noble hops and some floral notes to it. So, you know, going for a lager, if you're expecting, lagers are not boring. Lagers do not have to be bland, neither do pilsners. They can be very flavorful and very good beers that accentuate hops almost better than IPAs, especially classic hops. And bring out some of the lighter style malts and this is exactly what this lager does. So, um, you know, know what you're looking know what you're getting, right? You're not getting a American light lager with this, you're not getting your your you know, twice brewed hams or anything like that. You're getting a very flavorful classic European lager that showcases malt and hops and triptych did very good it at, at, at this. You know, normally, I'm still gonna ramble a little bit. Uh, normally, we, you know, Triptych's a hazy IPA brewer, right? That's that's kind of what they're known for. They do a lot of hazy IPAs, and we say a lot on this show that if you want to know the mark of how good a brewery is, get away from the IPAs, get away from the adjuncted shit, and go try a classic style. Yeah, Triptych proves every now and again that they can just do a good classic beer. It's good. <laughs> it's very good all right i want to have this show about looking at the free agents that are left and could really throw a wrench into some of what we just talked about so who is available on the market roll through these just kind of quick you know if they land anywhere uh with some opportunity in any of these places we just talked about uh what your interest level
1: is uh julio jones i i want to see him go like i I do believe Green Bay is going to be in the market to bring a veteran and whether it be I Julio or Landry that's still left over, maybe maybe Beckham when he is back and fully healthy, but it's gotta be it's gotta be a spot where I think he can be a starter right away. his Andy's gonna involved Twilight year. It's been it's not been kind to him with the injuries of last year. Um maybe he gets maybe he gets one more Andre Johnson type of, you know type of season and then he just fades off to the sunset but my interest i'm i'm also concerned that like if he goes to a place like green bay he'll be over he'll be vastly overvalued yeah he needs to go to a place where he can get
0: volume but he needs to go to a place where he can get a ring i think if he lands in you know he needs to land on a competitor so you know if the chiefs decide they need more right You know, and Julio may not sign right away. Julio may Odell this thing and sign midway through the season.
1: I think he should. I think, I think for him, I think his best bet is a hand pick his spot. Yeah. And, uh, I expect the same thing from Odell too. I mean, him more because of the injury, but I expect him to do the same.
0: Yeah. I mean, somebody catches an injury and needs, needs help. Um, you know, somebody doesn't recover quite, quite as well as you'd expect. There's a multitude of, of reasons that you get a, a late Julio Jones signing, uh, so that'll be interesting to pay attention to. You mentioned Jarvis Landry; he is absolutely still available. Um, Cleveland came out today and not expected to re-sign him, so uh, Landry, twenty-nine years old, will be able to sign wherever. And I actually I like him in Green Bay more than I like Jones because you can slide him into the slot above Cobb and I think you know Watkins and then Watson after he gets hurt and Alan Lazard with Jarvis Landry in the middle gives them the you know kind of their best three wide
1: receiver set I 1000% agree I think I, I think Jarvis is best spot it's a team like Green Bay that is not only because of what he brings to the field but it, it's the locker room it, it's the countless times you hear about how much he's a, a locker room leader I don't know how productive he's going to be he may land with the team where where he's he's effectively there to run his handful of routes per game and be that locker room guy who's probably also going to be chasing a ring and 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 may and I I think for him his market's a lot smaller than a guy like Julio because I think with Landry it's it's just you 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 get his role and that's it mm-hmm. but. You might see he might take the first deal. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to a team like Detroit. Detroit's got an entirely young, small or small, sorry, young in need of some, you know, some veteran guideship to them where I think he could be, you know, he could fit very nicely into that spot. I know that, you know, was the same brown there. It may not happen, but spots like that, the Bears. The Bears may call him up. Same he may get desperate and just you know,
0: if he's looking pick for his first team, teams that are fringe wild card teams. The Forty ers would be an option.
1: Yeah, Part that's of the way Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. They, they, they would absolutely be an option. Tennessee, if Derrick Henry comes back like they expect him to, could also be an option there. Um, yeah, yep. That's Will, a good call too. Uh, Will Fuller, who the often injured Will Fuller. Um, I'm probably less interested in him wherever he lands, uh, just because of the injury history than I am a guy like Jones or Landry, who I think we both expect Jones or Landry have something left and can offer something. Fuller, I think, lands someplace on a depth prove it deal, and he doesn't have the luxury of just being able to choose, like, I want to go to a contender. He may have to end up in a place, uh, you know, like, you know, like a Jacksonville, like a Seattle, like, um, a new Orleans even on a cheap deal to have to try to make something out of something and rebuild his value.
1: It's not good when, when the NFL knows that you need pets Mm -hmm. to be able to play more than a few games. Fuller may sign one year, prove it deal, random team. He may retire. He may not get picked up. He's someone that I have no clue when he'll pick. He may try to wait it out. I his his is tough. He's probably a, a guy that's waiting for injuries to come more so than anything. Landry yeah. and Julio has made the money. They can kind of almost pick and choose. So I, I just I s I still think Landry has not as much of that uh as much of that option as as Jones does, but Fuller is waiting for a team. Just one. Just the Eagles might be that, that team. Body. Yeah,
0: Eagles could be yeah. that team. Uh, Giants could be that team.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just... no one like him on that team right now with a bunch of big, big betas and slot receivers.
0: <laughs> well. uh, T. Y. Hilton. I think he's either back to the Colts or he's retiring. I don't see him I, playing anywhere else. out? Yeah, I think he's, he's. I think he. I think. I think done. with
1: Pierce being drafted there, I think he's done.
0: Under of there. Uh, Cole Beasley, I'm pretty sure, is done. Emmanuel Sanders is, you know, if he signs anywhere, will be just a body. Alan Hearns, same thing. Albert Wilson, same thing. Uh, Deshaun, Alan Hearns? Alan Hearns is every agent, yeah. I'm Jesus. He'd been with Miami. <laughs> it's like
1: six years ago. <laughs> six years ago, name. Right. Love it. Deshaun Jackson, good for him.
0: Danny Amendola, they're both probably done. Uh, yeah. Odell Beckham is the other top-tier guy out here. Uh, We've seen a lot about him to Green Bay, a lot about him potentially going back to Los Angeles. Um, He's another guy, you know, he's younger than Julio. He's the same age as Landry and I think is going to be able to command a little bit more of where he wants to go. Where is he comfortable? But for Odell, the big thing is that Odell has fun playing football. A reunion with the Giants is not out of the question. Uh, given the entire regime turnover. I'd be surprised if he's not in Green Bay or Los Angeles, though, because he wants to win, and Odell's going to get to choose to go someplace where Odell thinks that Odell is going to thrive.
1: I think he goes back to the Rams. I I think they find the way to bring the money back. I think he'll sign a deal that makes sense for both teams. Green Bay feels like the best and probably the right choice in terms of opportunity. I think Odell, in this case, just wants to create a legacy and for him being the top receiver for two to four years and him doing what he did with the Giants, he got his money in Cleveland and towards the end of his career with uh, not his time with the Giants on his career. I think the Ram I think he stays with the Rams. I think the Rams made a very massive impression on him even before the Super Bowl ring. I
0: think so too. But
1: it's I think for him that's his home. And I think green Bay is going to make their offer. Uh, but I think he sticks in with the Rams. I do. I think green Bay ends up with a landry. Um,
0: (laughs) all right. The rest of these guys just, I'll read through them. Then we can talk about anybody you want to talk about, whether it's, Oh my God, they're still in the league or, um, (laughs) so Marquise Goodwin, Adam Humphries, Muhammad Sanu, DD Westbrook, Tavon Austin, who's somehow just 32 years old. Uh, Chester Rogers, Chris Moore, Chad Beebe, Christian Blake, Marcus Kemp, uh, John Ursua, Deontay Spencer, Cameron Batson, Jawan Jennings, Courtney Davis, TJ Montgomery, Landon Lenore, uh, and Jesper Horstead. Great. <laughs> All right. That's it for wide receiver. Nobody else in that group to
1: talk about, huh? None. Do you really want to talk about a Chad Beebe or... D.D. Westbrook? Did he Westbrook? No. Did, like, no. All right.
0: No. Let's go on to running backs then. Uh, Tariq Cohen is, is first off, uh, if you get the chance, go read Tariq Cohen's letter to inform herself because it's a sad situation. He's a guy that I think that there's no way you can't root for him after reading that. I'm a Bears fan. I'm going to root for him anyway. But there's no way you can't root for Cohen. The Bears released him uh, this offseason. It's taking him two years to come back from uh, – a torn ACL MCL and fractured something or another. Um, but he, according to him is healthy. can cut the shiftiness is back. He's a guy that's just going to be looking for an opportunity, any opportunity. I'd like to see him in KC, um, where there is opportunity kind of filling the role that they had McKinnon in for the playoff run last season. Uh, but really anywhere, I think he might be the biggest, uh, name with the most recent success and still just twenty six years old that's out there on the market.
1: Yeah, I think for him it's not about it's not going to be about trying to get a ring. It's it's going to be about that that one year deal where he has a role. He knows what his role is going to be, but he wants to find a place that's going to be able to, you know, to bring that out for him. Um Rams kind of come to mind. With them needing more of that of that sh- shiftier style back, that can be a third down specialist. Um, I know that role is for Henderson, but it, I think Cohen in this type of offense, if things don't go well for for guys like Keyshawn Vaughn and <laughs> Rashad White to Tampa Bay, I think he could fit in nicely in that Geo Bernard role out there. Um, but I think I think you're right. For it, it, it's going to be a team who wants to give them. The type of opportunity that he's looking for So he can try to prolong his career a bit longer. It's not about chasing reigns, it's about chasing the next paycheck. Right. And you know, proving that he's back and can
0: command. Them. Yeah. Yep. Uh David Johnson, I'm pretty sure he's done. Jalen Richard, Philip Lindsay, um Devontae Booker, Carlos Hyde, Malcolm Brown, Daryl Williams, Latavius Murray. DeMarco Freeman, who actually looked good in pinch hit duty, he is another guy that I don't expect to sign until injuries happen. Uh, yep. But he was solid in pinch hit duty. Peyton Barber, Jarek McKinnon, so the older version of Tariq Cohen, um, looked very good in his playoff run with Kansas City last year. Um, another guy that you know last year got an opportunity after a couple of injury-riddled seasons that proved he still has a bit left in the tank. Alex Collins, Corey Clement, uh, Wayne Goldman another uh, – well, no. He's two years removed from doing anything. Kalen Balaj, Buddy Howell, Austin Walker, Siwo Olanula. Sorry, don't mean to be disrespectful. I just I can't pronounce it. Um, Christian Wade, Tyson Williams, we talked about him. Justin Jackson's out there. He's, 20, he's also just 26, another guy that uh, proved when he was given opportunities that he can very much be productive. I can see Jackson going somewhere like a Seattle if Chris Carson isn't healthy.
1: If not, I can see Jackson, like I can see Jackson going back to the Chargers if they, you know, if, if injuries are a problem, these guys are the guys that will sign mid-season when the teams that they were previously on or or schemes that they previously know right. loses their starters. That's pretty much the, their value right now. Yeah, or they need some form of depth they'll of be, depth they'll, yeah they show yeah. up for training camp
0: basically <laughs> <laughs> try to win spots uh master teague levy on bell bell's probably done uh marcella sutton so i think your biggest names out there for running backs are going to be justin jackson um and Tariq cohen are probably the two that have the in my opinion the most value just because of recent production and they've shown it um and they're under the right they're the right side of thirty. Um, but Jerick McKinnon, like I said, proved that he can be productive and there's some other guys that were forced into duty because of injury. But I think Cohen and Jackson are the two that are most likely to sign and stick at just twenty six years old piece and you know, Cohen especially with recent productivity.
1: Yeah, Devonta Freeman's another guy just what he was able to curb out in Baltimore. Yeah. Again, again, guys that are—they're not going to be guys that we expect to maybe even stick through a training camp. But these are the running backs that will be probably picked up mid-season when the starter goes down. You know, uh, Peterson got the same treatment with the Titans after Derrick Henry got hurt. Yeah. Like these guys are going to be picked up. Peyton Barber, we may joke about them, but they've had storied careers, long careers as these backups, these guys that just show up and, and give you just enough. And that's what we're probably going to get from a lot of these guys.
0: Absolutely. All right, tight ends uh, real quick. Jimmy Graham's probably done. Rob Gronkowski, everybody's waiting to see, I think. He's yeah. either Tampa Bay or he's done. Ibran uh, Rudolph, Darwin, Jared Cook. I mean not really a lot of names out there that you're interested in from a tight end perspective.
1: If they get picked up, they're gonna be vet leadership, you know, backups, blocking tight ends. Yeah. Like I agree with you, Gronk's the one that we're waiting to see what he does with Tampa Bay. He's not going anywhere else. If he's not playing with his boy Brady, he's not he's not playing, so um and there's nobody on this list. There like there can't be Jimmy Graham's too fucking old. Rudolph is washed at this point, but Jarwin, he's got the the right age, and he's had some moments of blocking tight end. He is. Yeah. Otherwise, it's all the same. Tyler Croft's the same way. Jared Cook's too old.
0: Yep. There are some defensive pieces out there just to hit some highlights. James Bradbury, Landon Collins, two guys to to watch. James Bradbury. Yep. Uh, I'm pumped to see where he goes. I am too. Um, you got him and Landon Collins both out there. Collins has been a very good box safety for a while. Uh, Joe Hayden's a free agent, 33 years old, but still a piece that could help out a contending team. Jason Pierre, Paul, Akeem, Hicks, same thing. They're both the wrong side of 30, 30 but could absolutely help out a contending team. Um, you know, Kyle Fuller, Eddie Goldman, a bunch of former Bears here um, from when their defenses were shut down a couple of years back. Uh, down to high tire towers. Yeah, probably done. Uh, yeah, probably. Jadavian Clowney's is a free agent again.
1: He'll sign somewhere. You know, he's like Odell and Julio and them. He's just waiting for right team, right offer. He probably still expects he deserves more, but he's he's someone that's gonna he'll be a starter, he'll be a rotational guy on someone's team by week one. I agree
0: completely. Um, So K.J. Wright could end up on a contender someplace, although he said sign with Jacksonville or he's done. Um, So, yeah, I mean, there's some depth pieces still out there, some names. uh, But from, you know, wide receiver position, I think that there's really three guys there that you're going to want to watch closely that could land with with some value, and that's going to be Julio Jones, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham. I think that's where... The most cloud is that's left over, and then some depth running backs.
1: Yeah, those receivers are gonna maybe blow up a couple of your favorite rookie sleepers, or you know a couple of your favorite sleepers. But I mean, it's not gonna do too much, I don't think, at this point. No, I'm not.
0: All right, and that's all I've got. Uh, we'll be back sometime next week for something
1: some point. How's that for I got teeter? something in mind. I got something in mind.
0: Okay. We'll be back next week with whatever Dan has in mind on someday. Probably Tuesday or Thursday. We'll talk. All We're keeping it ambiguous. <laughs> You'll keep it ambiguous. Exactly. All right. <laughs> See you guys. About a half length See you episode. guys. You're welcome.